We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. two guys as always mr malcolm hart and pierre boys it's victory monday how we feeling feeling great man i I texted you guys like before the or after the game when is the last time the lions had two disruptive edge rushers i don't know um (sighs) two I don't, I don't think I've ever seen it. I honestly don't. Because someone asked me the question is, um, the amount of pressure that you guys are creating, have you ever seen anything like that? And I said no. And even like when we had those good defenses in 2014, I don't think we've had multiple good players like this. So, um, no, I don't, I don't have an answer. No, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. Okay. Welcome. How are you feeling? Woo! What is going on, guys? Yo, this is another Victory Monday. I'm excited. Let's go, man. You know, uh, I just, uh, I'm, I'm happy how they're, they're finishing the season, man. We got two more. Well, we actually got one more game after this. This is pretty strong, man. Let's go, man. Let's go. And let's talk about the next game very quickly because this is not just an ordinary game. This is going to be a primetime Sunday night football game. Yes, you heard that correctly. Lions. Packers at Lambeau Field to close off the 2022-2023 regular season. Lions, Packers, Sunday Night Football. Pierre, we got our wish. We said we wanted under the bright lights. We wanted this Sunday Night Football game, and we got delivered the good news that this Lions-Packers game is going to be on Sunday Night Football for a potential playoff spot 
for the Detroit Lions. Here, since you, I know you wanted this, how are you feeling overall that we got this on a night football game? First of all, after I saw like the Seahawks win yesterday, I was like, all right, like, I don't know if they'll maybe flex it because like if Seahawks win, we're out. But here's the thing. Let's say even the Seahawks win, the Lions are out. You still could not Green Bay out of the playoffs in Green Bay. Like that's still huge. We don't like Green Bay. The Lions don't like Green Bay. And if the Lions have a chance to knock Green Bay out, you do it. And then they have a chance to go to the playoffs. Let's say Seattle loses and the Rams win. I mean, bro, this is a massive game. It doesn't matter playoffs or not. Don't let Green Bay go to the playoffs. You're on national TV. The entire world is watching. These people are going to see the brand new Lions. This is huge for the culture. It's huge for the team. And it's huge for like the national recognition this team has getting this is just huge in general. It's it's massive, bro. Yeah. And I think it's kind of crazy that the NFL ended up choosing this game over some guaranteed division showdowns that are going to be for a division. Like the AFC South right now, we have Jacksonville and Tennessee. They're going to be battling Week 18 for the division. They're tied right now record-wise. And, you know, they're going to be dealing for the division, right? And the NFL ended up choosing the Lions and the Packers as the Sunday Night Football game. I think that's very significant. Malcolm, how are you feeling overall about being on Sunday Night Football? I know you're not – you don't look very pleased right now. And and why is that? I don't give a damn if it's Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night, Tuesday night. I don't care what day it is. Damn it. The thing is right now, they didn't do this for Detroit. They did it for the Packers. They they could give two shits about Detroit right now. The thing is right now, the the Packers right now – they they if they win they go to the playoffs regardless they control their own destiny because if Seattle wins, but Green Bay if Green Bay wins doesn't matter what the hell happens Seattle Green Bay goes to the playoffs this game this the Sunday night football is pretty much a, oh it's going they're looking at the Aaron Rodgers show or let's get see Aaron Rodgers go to the playoffs now I don't mind spoiling that I don't mind you know saying a ha ha and and they don't go to the playoffs but the whole thing the whole thought of it is is, is for the Packers it's not for us. That's so for me, I don't give a damn. I don't care if it was Sunday night, Tuesday night, Monday night, Sunday morning, Sunday evening. I don't care what I don't care what it is. I just want to beat the goddamn Packers. That's all I want to do. I mean, Malcolm, like you said, it might be for the Packers. It's Aaron Rodgers, must watch TV, NFL, MVP, it, it whatever, all pro quarterback. I mean, he's we hate him, but like we gotta get—he's one of the greatest of all time. Like, oh no, hold up! When, when this is absolutely for the Green Bay Packers. There's no doubt about this for the Green Bay Packers. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like, to answer your question, like earlier, let's point. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And like you said, you're like, oh, I, I, you know, there's other games out there. No, there's no other game bigger than Aaron Rodgers to the to the media. There's no other Friend, game bigger right. than Aaron Rodgers to, to the compared, you know, for the media. So yeah, the hundred percent. I mean, I, I I knew this was gonna be a a prime time game, so I I, I didn't care. I have uh, all I know is, all I know is, it's in Lambeau. I just want us to win. That's all. I, that's all I care about. I don't care when it is. I just want us to, it's in Lambeau. I want us to win. That's all. I, that's all. I but want. you now you got the biggest showcase to prove to the whole NFL universe that you could spoil this team's playoff hopes, whether what Seattle does or not, whether they win or lose, and you don't make the playoffs because even though you messed it up last week of controlling your own destiny, you now have an opportunity to spoil the Green Bay Packers season. And that's significant, let alone the Lions make them playoffs or not, in my opinion. And then also there's this podcast called the 33rd Team Website Podcast. I don't know exactly what they are, but 
um, Mike Martz, former NFL coach, he said that if the Lions get in the playoffs, he believes they could go to the NFC Championship game. I mean, there's a lot of buzz around the Lions right now. I don't, I don't necessarily think that, but I, I mean, who knows, right? But there's a lot of buzz nationally around Detroit as well. And I feel like a lot of people, I think the NFL also wants Seattle to lose. Like a lot of people Absolutely. in the league want NFL Absolutely. because this is a massive game. Like I said, it doesn't matter if you're, even if you're eliminated, if you, Dan Campbell, in year two, could send Aaron Rodgers home. Don't, don't I go to the playoffs. He can go home to California, wherever the hell he lives in the offseason. Send him home. Make him think about retirement, whatever it is. You don't get to see him in the playoffs. That That's still really big for the culture, man. Like, if I told you before the year started that the Lions could spoil the Packers' chances of going to the playoffs, you'd probably call me stupid, right? We we looked at the Packers coming in as the best team in the division. Obviously, shit happened, but they, they've been hot. They've been hot lately. I mean, they're, they're kind of hot. Coming, I mean, coming to the season, you, you knew they had no receivers. You knew it was going to be a struggle. I, oh, I wouldn't have, have called you crazy if you had told me that. I mean, they were the betting favor if, if it means anything. Yeah, that's the division. Mean, yeah, I thought they were like the best team in the division. I still think technically. I, like, thought, I, thought, it was gonna be, I thought the Vikings were going to take it. Uh, was, I mean, you should have put some money on it. Could have won some nice money if you put did that. Yeah, I could have, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I thought the Vikings were going to win because I, the, the the Packers. I mean, unless their defense and their running game was going to be strong, they didn't have no receivers. I mean, it's hard to count on Aaron Rodgers. You know, we've seen him do it with no no names before and being able to just make these guys some money. Jay Kumaro, who's Jay Kumaro? What, what, what did he do? It was what a he very do? solid NFL player for him. No, I'm saying like. What what did they do with him? What do you mean? What did they do with him? They won games with him. Jeff Janis, you remember him, bro? Come on, they're like that's Aaron Rodgers. Why? That's why you have. That's why they're the betting favorite coming into the year. And Christian Watson uh, and Rodgers right now are also clicking. Like they're yeah, they're, they're clicking right now. Clicking but I mean, right like now. I mean, like me looking back at Aaron Rodgers, he always had like a number one receiver. He always had Devontae Adams. When Devontae, <laughs> before Devontae Adams, he had Jordy Nelson. Yeah. Before Jordy Nelson, he had uh. Or Greg Jennings. Greg Jennings. And it's like yeah, he always had a number one guy. Yeah, we just oh, we always expect. We talking about a couple games. We, we always expect Aaron Rodgers just to find a way to win the game, and that's why they were the betting favorite coming into the year. And that's what they did towards the end of the year. I mean, they're they're hot right now. They're hot like Detroit. They're, yeah, because he got he, he got he got just, I mean, it is. I mean, right now they're playing good defense, which everybody expected. Good defense, and they're running the ball. He only had a hundred. Aaron Rodgers had hundred fifty yards last game. Like, like we need to pump the brakes right now. Act like Aaron Rodgers is lighting the world on fire. He only had hundred fifty. Oh, no one is denying that the Packers have been bad this year. I mean, they've had a bad season yeah, yeah. and they've came hot lately. But that's why they were the betting favorite. I'm just telling you why they were the betting favorite coming yeah. to the year. It's because of Aaron Rodgers and the the Vikings had a brand new head coach. Lions were still rebuilding. The Bears suck. Yeah, I mean, I think it's because they just love Aaron Rodgers, and it, it's just what it is. Aaron Rodgers could have absolutely nobody on the team is Aaron Rodgers, and yeah, it's one thing for the media to do it, but you know, it's one thing different when the Vegas and the sportsbook doing it. Vegas sports the same way; they love Aaron Rodgers. But you know that's different <laughs> than what the media says, so that's why they were yeah, favorite. I mean, Vegas, you know, they want to make their money. Yeah. So, yeah, it's one thing for the media to say, but regardless, man, it's a huge game for the Lions, a huge game for the Packers, too, because like you said, it's a win and they're in. But, hey, the Lions have an opportunity to spoil the season, and it's the biggest showcase. I can't ask for anything more. I'm excited and to get into football. it. And potentially if Seattle, even if, like, dude, even if Seattle wins, I'm going to be so pumped up. It's the last game of the year. Yeah. It's a divisional opponent. 
It's on national TV. Everyone's watching. Everyone's paying attention. And let's be honest, like these opposing players, they they watch these Sunday night games, right? These guys are going to be free agents and stuff. They watch these games. Oh, I want to play for Dan Campbell. Oh, the Lions are legit. Like, league is on notice. Just hope they don't see Ben Johnson. I mean, everyone knows Ben Johnson already. Yeah, league is already on notice. Ben Johnson is already on notice. Everybody, that's not going to change anything. Um, What the Lions did this year is remarkable, man. So, I don't think that's going to change. I think what what will be a better hype, a bigger hype, is that 415 game, which is that Seattle game. I think if, if, if Seattle blows that game, it's going to bring a different magnitude to that game. Absolutely, yeah, because then at that point, it's a winner to go home for both those teams because the Lions yeah. have an opportunity for the playoffs. I think these boys are going to be ready regardless of what the outcome is in Seattle. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely, sure. definitely, definitely. So, I mean, they were all fired up. De- Taylor Decker said it, like, potentially us, like, go, we deserve it. And then there were, a lot of players were tweeting about it as well. And even Dan Campbell said he wants to play on Brandon, but then he tell you till like Malcolm says, like, I don't care. We yeah, can play I'm anytime like, we cares. want. He, he, I just want to play. Yeah. But he actually cares. Yeah, he they, cares. they want prime time. Exactly. And they know. They obviously they're not stupid. They know Seattle has swim, but even if Seattle doesn't win, they want to fucking spoil Green Bay's chances. And why not? Like, why not do it on national television? Send Rogers crying. Send him home crying. Yeah, yeah That'd you, be you, awesome. don't, you don't want you don't want the Packers to go. You don't want these you don't want them to go because of you. You don't want you don't want to be the reason why they. Exactly, go to then you have an opportunity to stop that. So yeah, I mean the, the game means something. So regardless of what happens, the game does mean something. Um, it just will mean a lot more if Seattle does crumble. And I um, would say this though, if it was still a sixteen game season, they had a seven seed. The Lions right now would be in the playoffs, right? Huh? No, we don't own a spot right no. now. No, we, we we lost to Seattle. Oh. <laughs> oh no no no, that was before that was before, before the, the Seattle game. Yeah, that was before the Seattle game. I saw the graphic. <laughs> yeah, we we owned the spot for, mind, for mind, a good mind, three hours. Mind, <laughs> yeah, we held <laughs> it for yeah. yeah. We held it. We held it for a while until Seattle. The only reason why the only reason why Seattle's there now is because they they won the head to head matchup. They're 40, 45 game that we attended. We did. Oof. Oof. Hey, let's let's forget about the game. It is what it is. We only can control what's out of us. That's the Packers. But let's get back into uh let's take a quick commercial break and then we're gonna talk about the Chicago Bears. Let's do that. Yep. Hey Prior Podcast listeners, it's your boy Malcolm here. And if you're a sports better like me, let me tell you about Oz Traders. Oz Traders is a place to compare all odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotional codes from different sportsbooks to get the best deal. This app also provides player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather so the bettors can make the most informed bets as possible. This app also has bet trackers so bettors can keep records of all their games and betting activity. Looking to maximize your bets? Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's O. D D S T R A D E R dot com slash blue wire. Austraders, the number one site for your game day bets. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, guys. We are back, and we've discussed the whole Sunday Night Football situation of how the Detroit Lions-Packers game is going to be on Sunday Night Football. Opportunity to play spoiler. Opportunity to potentially play for a playoff spot. We will know, man. This is going to be a very, very exciting week. And the Lions getting through this game versus Chicago Bears and just taking care of business has set up that opportunity for all of this. Now, to make this Week 18 meaningful, to play a meaningful game, Week 18, potentially for a playoff spot, not being officially mathematically out. They have an opportunity to make the playoffs just by taking care of business versus Chicago Bears. And man, oh man, those Lions responded after that Christmas Eve debacle. What happened there on Christmas Eve? This is the response you want to see by the Lions, a complete domination offensively and defensively for both of these sides. And that's what you just want to see. And let's talk about this offense. Let's talk about JG 16, quarterback 16, QB1, uh, Jared Goff. Phenomenal, man. And that's the game you want to see. Uh, Pierre, Malcolm, whoever wants to take over, how are you guys feeling about Jared Goff and how he looked in this game? I think, like, at this point, bro, you, you have to ride with him. I mean, every time we're questioning Jared Goff, we're like, oh, is he the guy? Is he not? And every week he's answering our concerns. I mean, yesterday he completed passes to like it seems like every damn receiver on the team, bro. Honestly, it was Brock Wright was getting a catch. The backs were getting catches. Josh, like everyone, James Mitchell. Uh, I don't know if Zilstra had a catch. I think there was he ten did. different receivers who had a catch or something <laughs> like that. That's you that, are correct, sir. Ten different receivers touched the ball yesterday. That's. I mean, bro, he's playing the ball around. He's playing kind of – he's not forcing the ball to anyone like we saw kind of like a little in the beginning of the year, maybe when they had injuries. He's trusting his eyes. He's trusting what he sees. He trusts all of his receivers now. Maybe that wasn't the case earlier in the year, but it's nice when a quarterback could trust everyone. That means like anyone could make a play. Brock Wright had three touchdowns yesterday. The week before, Shane Zilstra had three touchdowns. Brock Wright had two touchdowns. But yeah, I'm sorry, two yeah. touchdowns. But you get what I mean, like tight backup tight ends with multiple tight. Well, they were backup, now they're starters, right? St- tight ends with multiple touchdowns when you have all these receivers. I mean, shout out to Ben Johnson first of all because it makes it really hard to defend. You don't know where the hell the ball's going to go to. If you want to double this guy, this guy could beat you. If you want to take this guy out, this guy could beat you. Honestly, like the Lions right now have so many weapons, they could do whatever they want on offense. And then we talked about the trenches, right? You went football games, the trenches last week, they were awful in the trenches. Campbell announced both starting D-line, starting O-line. 
as a starter, send a message, and they all delivered. Overall, like, just, I mean, I'm impressed with Jerry Goff. Honestly, I think you have to ride with him for at least another year and see what happens. And if he continues to play like this, honestly, he's 27 years old. Extend him. He's your franchise quarterback. That's how I feel right now. All right, Malcolm. I'm going to mute my mic here. You're going to mute your mic. I'm going to let Malcolm talk about his boy because this is something that he's been very proud about since the offseason, since acquiring Jared Goff, honestly. So, Mike's muted. I mean, uh, I don't really have much to say, man. So, you don't really have to mute your mic, to be honest with you, man, because Pierre pretty much, pretty much talked about it, man. He's hitting everybody right now. And he's, he's um, Tell people you're right. Play. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Um, I am going to say that I am proud of him, that he did, you know, was able to get his game back to where he was. And I, and I knew that the, the thing with Jared Goff is that everybody kind of wrote, wrote him off and pretty much thought like, look, this was this was it for Jared Goff. But I'm glad he's able to, you know, tap back into his, his, his bag of tricks. And look, now he's back to where he was in 2018. This is like the 2018 golf. He's playing at that same level right now. Uh, so, I mean... Am I shocked? No, I I, I kind of knew that this was going to happen with all these weapons that he has, and Ben Johnson. I knew Ben Johnson was a key of all this. My thing is right now though is, and I want to ask a question for you guys: If we lose Ben Johnson next season, which is a big possibility, which sucks because we could lose him. The thing that the thing that's out there right now is thirty points per game, and that's the thing that's going to attract damn near all the vacant teams right now about our offense right now because we're, we're averaging thirty points per game and we could lose Ben Johnson if we lose Ben Johnson are you okay still okay with with keeping golf with the new OC yes because I think uh, well first of all you said they wrote him off but he didn't write back you know what I mean I had to say that. No, to Geno Smith. Yeah. I, can't, I can't. I can't say that. That's, that's Geno's line. <laughs> hey, but still, man. Like Jared, I feel like Jared Goff feels the same way, man. Like this guy basically 100%. like they trashed him in L.A. You saw how Sean McVay kind of like. I mean, the exit wasn't a beautiful. Like, let's be honest. It was a terrible exit. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was like, look, it was just like, look, take this piece of trash with you. We just didn't get rid of him. That's what we, pretty much what it was. We, we need to get rid of this guy. Add him to the trade. Let's get Matthew. Yeah, we'll throw an extra first round. Just take Jared Goff's we'll, contract, yeah, please. Just, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll give you an extra first round. Just take this just guy. Take Jared Goff's contract, uh, please. <laughs> shout out to Brad Holmes, man. Like both teams won that trade. Obviously, LA got a Super Bowl out of it, and it looks like Detroit. I mean. Well, we the way Jared Goff is playing right now, I mean, if you were maybe put him on a trade, maybe you get a first back for him, right? I, I don't think they'd do that. But sh- shout out to Brad Holmes. He he kind of he got a lot for Stafford, a lot. He got a quarterback right now that could be your franchise guy. He really did. So uh, we don't really, we don't really talk about that a lot with Brad with uh, with about that trade. We always talk about oh they got two ones. We don't really mention Jared Goff, but I think now we have to start mentioning Jared Goff as part of that trade. Just because of how well he's playing and how he could be your quarterback going forward. Yeah, and I, I'm obviously guilty to it. I was always one of those people saying Jared Goff just here for a year or two. And yeah, you got the two thir- first round picks and the third round pick. Like That's how I always viewed the trade that this guy's just a bridge quarterback. And then we're going to eventually, you know, go out and find an upgrade. But now the conversations is, is Jared Goff going to be the quarterback going forward? And... <laughs> I like that you bring up the point of Ben Johnson. Are you still comfortable with Jared Goff without Ben Johnson? I think that's a very valid question because we've seen the other side of Jared Goff when it's not with Ben Johnson. We saw with Anthony Lynn last year. And granted, the receivers that they had last year compared to this year are completely different. So you have to also factor that in as well. But 
could Jared Goff still be a productive quarterback without Ben Johnson? I don't know. I really don't know because we haven't seen it. You know, with Anthony Lynn, it wasn't pretty. With that little tenure with Dan Campbell was commonplace. It wasn't pretty. And then they got Ben Johnson more involved. It started clicking. Jared Goff looked like a new quarterback. Looked like that 2018 Goff, like you said. This year, overall, has been really efficient, really clean outside of a couple bad games. But overall, a really good, productive year for Goff. And that's under Ben Johnson's wing. So how does he look without Ben Johnson? I don't necessarily know, and I wouldn't say I'm committed long-term with Goff without Ben Johnson. I would kind of want to be in more of the wait and see. I want to see how he would look with the new offensive coordinator and how if he's still able to perform the way that he is right now. If he's able to perform without Ben Johnson like this, then at that point, then yeah, he's definitely solidified himself as the franchise quarterback right now because right now I think that is the biggest argument for Lions fans if you're not completely sold on Goff is that you think Ben Johnson's some wizard, you think Ben Johnson's some magician, and he's doing this all, and that's why Goff is producing. I'll say this, though. To be fair, though, Goff played, like, you know, before, like, like this last year, he played great under McVay, right? And people called McVay a genius, which McVay is, like, we know he's, he's an offensive guy. But then he, he, he comes to Detroit. <laughs> and this is not Malcolm uh, meaning to mute his mic. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry. No, you're saying McVay's a genius. I'm sorry. Go ahead, continue. I'm sorry. Visit genius, continue. I mean, we'll talk. That's a different story for another day. Uh, <laughs> but then you know, he comes. Goff comes here. Obviously, struggles with Lynn. But then Ben Johnson takes over, and then Goff just plays out of his mind. On like down the stretch last year, and coming into this year, I believe he has like what twenty nine TDs, seven picks, one of the most accurate quarterbacks this year. Also, um, not making as many mistakes down the stretch here. He's playing his best football, right? So we also, I think, have to give credit to Jared Goff, not just these court, these play callers, because he's also making these plays. Yeah, it's nice having these play callers and all these good weapons and stuff, but shout out to Jared Goff as well, because he did that shit at Cal too. You know what I mean? Like, he's a talented football player. I was just thinking yeah. that. So, and then also, when you look at the Lions situation, this is a dream job for an offensive coordinator. You have a great O-line. You have good receivers. You have uh, good backs, right? Like this is this is one of the best offenses in the league. Who, which offensive coordinator candidate does not want this job? Wait, are we are we are we gonna hire somebody from the outside and take over? It could be. I mean, okay. I, would, I think it's gonna be Tanner Eagerstand. Oh. Uh, oh. He's he's the pass game coordinator. He's a tight ends coach. He's also like low key a. A under the radar like superstar on the coaching yeah, staff. Okay, That's what I've heard let's, about let's, who cares about that right now? We're, we don't have to rebuff offensive coordinator right now. I mean, Ben Johnson's not been hired yet. But I want to flip the question back yeah. to Malcolm because you asked us the question of how would you feel about Goff without Ben Johnson? I want to ask you because yeah. you're a big guy of Jared Goff, but yeah. how would you feel with Jared Goff as a quarterback without Ben Johnson? Yeah, I mean, I still, I still be comfortable with uh, Jared Goff without Ben Johnson. I just, I just wouldn't want a whole situation where he has to learn a new offense. Because then he could, you know, then he could be hesitant. He could be slow at the beginning. But they're gonna run the same. Like they're bringing the same guys. Say, look, Jared Goff playing great football right now. The team playing great football right now. We just need to bring in the same philosophy and just roll with the same concept. You know, let Jared Goff cook. Let him do what he needs to do, and just be there and just call the plays. You know, but they run the same concept. I think they'll be okay as far as you know whoever calls the play because we see guys come in and out. Like we see um. You know, the 49ers all the time, yeah. you know, they, they go through coordinators all the time, but they keep the same philosophy, you know, no matter which coordinator they bring in, whether it's a defense, whether it's offense, the philosophy always the same. 
because it's working. So I don't see a situation where, you know, even if we lose Ben Johnson, I don't see a situation where the play calling and all that would be different. Yeah. So, I don't. yeah, I'm, 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 I'm still going to golf. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, at the end of the day, it's still Campbell's team, and Campbell knows, knows like, his personnel now, and he knows, like, golf's strengths and weaknesses. So, I mean, he – I trust Campbell. If we lose Ben Johnson, I trust Campbell to hire the right OC. I, I just do. Because he has like I mean, a superstar coaching staff. This is a familiar territory for us because we're, we're used to coaches getting fired. <laughs> we're usually the guys <laughs> we're, coaching from these good teams. <laughs> exactly. We're, we're, we're used to our coaches getting fired, like our coordinator getting fired and stuff like that. Now we're like, oh, shoot, he's gonna get, about to get hired somewhere. Now, what do we do now? Now he's got to you know, bring in somebody else with the same philosophy to take over. You know, That's that's what you have to do. So I think Jared Goff is still going to be in good hands. I think uh, hopefully they hire within. Like you said, he said the tight end coach. He said the tight end, Tanner, yeah, tight ends, tight ends coach, passing coordinator. He's like, he's involved a lot with the passing game, and we've seen the passing game how they have a lot of like creative and all that. So, I mean, yeah, and that's yeah. And, and that's a lot of what these good teams do. Kind of like what Malcolm was alluding to, the foundation of the team. Like you see, the Niners, they lose McDaniel. Okay, we have this guy. We lose Lafleur. We have this guy. Like. Defensively, we lose Salah. We have D'Amico Ryan's. We're probably going to lose D'Amico Ryan's this year. We're going to have someone that's going to be just fine. Our defense is going to be cl- keep clicking. Uh, Tennessee, I think Vrabel has even kind of set this foundation. Now we saw Lafleur. He's the Green Bay coach. You know, he was Vrabel's OC. They had Arthur Smith. Now he's a head coach, and their offense hasn't been great this year. But you get my point. Like they still have a good foundation. They still know how to win football games and like you said this is his uncharted territory for the Lions because we've never had anything like this literally we've never had a guy be one of a former coordinator get a head coaching job that's just never happened with the Lions before so this would be uncharted territory for the Detroit Lions if Ben Johnson or any of our coordinators were able to get a head coaching gig somewhere and then if AG leaves I think it's Shab. I think Shab is nice just the work he's done with these edge rushers these linebackers is, is pretty amazing and he's he has that energy to him too like that players love so, I mean, I we have a really good coaching staff, guys. Like, up and down the coaching staff, there's a lot of great uh, assistants on the staff. And a lot of, we're going to lose some of them in the future. We really are. But that's the reality of it. And that's actually good. When you have a coach, a coach that knows how to develop talent with a coaching staff, you can keep doing it. Just how you mentioned Salah, D'Amico Ryans. Uh, I mean, even Bill Belichick, right? Obviously, it doesn't work out, but it seems like they just keep bringing guys yeah, in. Yeah, they, they don't care working. who the coordinators are. They're going to they're going to make yeah. it work. I mean, obviously, this year's a little different, whatever. But in general, they, they've always made it work. Yeah. So let me let me ask you another question, bit. What's up? Is there is there a chance that Detroit could pay? Um, you're not passing Are down a head coaching gig if to stay like, like make sure to stay like one more year so Dallas did that with Kellen Moore they gave him three million a year which is the highest paid or two million a year. I forgot what it was but they made him the highest paid assistant coach in the NFL and they basically convinced him to stay they paid him like what like a low-end head coach would make kind of if that makes sense and the reason why I'm asking that is because I think it'll be special to have Ben Johnson for one more year when we're able to make a run because you know you think about it this way next year is a year that we're all expecting the lions to make this run to contend you know um and if you want to contend you want to go on a run what do you want ben johnson there with you 
I mean, I, I, I would just want one more, one more. I mean, me personally, I would want one Absolutely. more year with Ben. Absolutely, just because you know what you're getting with Ben Johnson. When you move on from Ben Johnson, we we're still talking about this foundation how it can still be clicking. But at the end of the day, you want the guy that has, like, I think has really set the foundation. I think Ben Johnson started the foundation, and that's why he's really going to create for these other guys in the future to get future jobs. I mean, that's forward down looking, right? But. I think Ben Johnson has really set the foundation of this Lions offense of why he's getting this gig potentially and then why he's going to be intoxicating the gig. But you still do have like – if you were to lose Ben, let's say, you still have Hank Fraley, you have Deuce Daly, you have uh, Antoine Randall-L. You have all these like great assistants still on the staff. And I don't know. I'm just not as concerned if we lose him honestly. I know he's a great OC, but I feel like we have a lot of talent and we can make it work with anyone. That's honestly how I feel. Even Mark Brunel, I think, you know, he's a former former quarterback. Mark Brunel, yeah. he's a Matt quarterback coach. Yeah. Um, he, he, former great quarterback. He was a really good quarterback, um, yeah. to be honest. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, we'll, we'll see. We'll see when that – and that when that um when that if, if that ever happens or when that happens, we'll, we'll see, man. Yeah, but I think overall, if you are able to keep this, I think the the question still stands. Jared Goff is going to be the quarterback for Joe's twenty three. I think at this point, he's pretty oh. much solidified that, and, and that he's going to be the quarterback going forward. I mean, the, he's, he's playing way too well to be replaced right now, and the guys are playing for him, and th- there's just no reason to move on. Yeah, absolutely not. Who would you who would you bring in? Who 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 would you bring in? There's no realistic option. There's no real there's absolutely no realistic option. There's, there's none. That's a, that's going to be an immediate upgrade from what Jared Goff was able to do this year. <laughs> Come on, there's not not much options out there. Yeah, uh, no, no. I mean, the, we'll, we'll, we'll take that out. One of the best they're not going to. Let's say they're Jared Goff's going to be the starter next year, right? Do you still think they draft a quarterback, though? Because I know that's been a conversation. I think they draft one, but not early. I think they draft one as a backup because the backup situation has been very, like, um, you not know. Good. <laughs> it's good. It's been like musical chairs, right? Like, every, like a guy comes in, guy mm-hmm. comes out, guy comes in. Like, it's time to maybe invest maybe a mid-round pick into a quarterback where if you need to start a game or two, he could win. But you don't want him to start all 16 games. You know what I mean? And if he starts all 16 games, 17. well, now maybe you could have, you know, you get what I'm saying. Maybe now you have value. Like if you could kind of get like a Dak Prescott type of guy or like, you know, Kirk Cousins, third, fourth round pick. Now you have two good quarterbacks and you have value. But just, that, man, adjust the backs. And I think they will because I have heard that they, they have been looking at some backup guys and even some starters as well. But uh, like some project guys like Anthony Richardson and stuff. But we'll see, man. We'll see what they do. That's tough, man. I mean, I don't know. I would rather for a backup. I don't know, man. I mean, you could, you could bring one in, draft them late, have them, you know, have them there. You want to put them in practice squad for a while, have them in practice squad for a while, I guess. I mean, I'll, I'll be more comfortable with a, like a free agent, a solid free agent backup versus a fifth round pick. <laughs> I was you talking about like I mean, third or fourth, honestly, not fifth. Third or fourth, man. I still want to contribute on defense, man. Just keep adding pieces to that defense. Just keep chugging to that defense, man. Um, I'm more concerned with other, other other positions. I mean, he, right now, look at the lines. I don't think tight ends a weakness right now because <laughs> we're just able to do so much with the tight ends that we have now. So I, I wouldn't even draft one, to be honest with you. I don't think we need to draft one. I think they will draft one. 
You think they're gonna draft one anyways with like a like a high a higher? Like more of a blacker because I feel like they have the receiver kind of they want they probably need a better blocker. I don't know if they'll be high, but someone who's physical and could block their ass off. Yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, I mean, we'll see. That could be maybe something in the offseason. You could look at free agency, potentially go get a guy like that. But Right. Yeah. yeah. But as far as quarterback, man, I, I don't know, man. I don't know I don't either. Know. I mean, I, the only guy I would take a quarterback in this draft early is Bryce Young, and I just don't think that's a realistic option right now because it looks like he's probably going to go 1-1. <laughs> so he's yeah. the only guy that really intrigues me, and he's the only really guy I see that I think could be an actual upgrade from Jared Goff. But – I just don't think that's realistic unless they were to do a trade up, and I just don't think that's necessary right now because we still have some weaknesses on this team. We need to upgrade at this position. I do yeah, like the mid round. I do like the mid round prospects, though. Um, we've been lucky that Goss been healthy this year. We, we've been lucky we haven't introduced Jaden Sutfield, but you need a good backup, man. Like injuries happen, knock on wood, but injuries happen in this league, and we see it like with Lamar Jackson, Huntley. Like he's been solid, but they haven't really won games. You saw it with Jalen Hurts. Gardner Minshew came in. He's been okay. Like, uh, you saw with Dallas, Zach Prescott went down. Prescott, you, uh, you just named all you just named all mobile all mobile quarterbacks, bro. What's what's Zach Prescott's backup name again? Cooper Shifters. Rush. Cooper Rush. Rush. I mean, see, those guys are loss. those guys were are like solid, good backups where you can win like a few games with. But you don't want to be playing all sixteen games. You, you need that type of quarterback. And I don't think Nice Sutfeld is that type of quarterback, honestly. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, no, not not to play. But the thing is, Jerry Goff is, uh, is he, one. He doesn't get hit too. He, he's pretty durable. I mean, he doesn't. He hasn't missed much games. I think the only game he missed since being here was when he had COVID. Yeah, yeah, but that like, was it. I know, but you still like. If you think you could compete next year and be really good, you got to have a good backup quarterback. Good teams have good backup quarterbacks in case mm-hmm. something happens. Like who's the Bills' backup quarterback yeah, right now? Who's who's the Bills' backup? Who, who's Patrick? Who's, uh, is it Chase Daniels? Just Herbert's backup quarterback. Yeah. And then Patrick Mahomes, who's who's, who's backup quarterback? Chad Henney, is he still there? Chad Henney. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Why is he still there? I, I don't know. I'm just asking that question. Is he still I mean, Henney was solid like at times last year. When yeah, Mahomes back was in out. 2007. <laughs> like, why is he still in the league? I, I, I don't know. I just I, I value backup quarterback. I don't know. I'm I'm more of with Malcolm right now, dude. I think I think you just you, you got to get players that are going to contribute. We'll for your see team. what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Anyways, I'm actually very curious. Who is the Chiefs' backup quarterback right now? I know it was it's probably Chiefs. Chad Henney. It, it might be Chad. <laughs> and if that's if that's the case, why is he still here? It I, is Chad I, I Henney. Even brother, I didn't know that brother was still in this league, man. He went from I knew him from Miami when he was a Dolphins quarterback. That's how long it's been. But yeah, he was a Dolphins starting quarterback. That's how long it's been. Yeah. 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 Wow. Oof. Chad. That's Hattie. a name for you, Chad. Hattie. <laughs> oh man. Um, I'm not worried about court. I'm not worried about backups because Jared Goff is is one. He's the least hit quarterback in the NFL. I mean, yeah, injury happens. It can happen, but I think they're gonna address it though. I really do. Whether it's the draft or free, I think they're gonna address it. Um, I, I don't know. Only quarterback I'm really interested in is Bryce Young. That's the only guy I'm bringing in. If I can bring him in, that's the only guy I'm really interested in. Not gonna lie to you, I'm not interested in Will Levis. Mm-hmm. Not really interested in CJ Stroud. I'm not talking about the early guys. I'm talking about like the mid round guys, I, like yeah, the guys you see in the guys. Senior Bowl. You yeah. know, they show some flashes here and there. You take them. Um, you guys like know that. my philosophy with that. I'm not really big into that well, stuff unless it's day three. Will you take that guy from um, Tennessee? Hooker, Hendon Hooker. Yeah, Hooker. Now, he's gonna go early. Probably. I know he had the ACL. He's a little older, but I mean, the ACL is a little older. Yeah, he's gonna go day two. 
day two. Or day I wouldn't three. do day two. I I, still, I hate day two quarterbacks. It just never worked. I mean, I wouldn't say they never work, but like the hit rate is just so. Yeah, I'd take a chance yeah. on him in the third round if he's there. Hell yeah, I would. You take a chance in the third round. You you have a rookie quarterback. Obviously, he's twenty six, but he's on a rookie contract. 24, 20, or 25, 20, 24, 25. God damn, you just. Oh, no, he'll be twenty six when the year's over. He's hurt. He's probably not going to play his first year. He's going to miss oh, a lot of time. Right? Is, okay, I thought you were talking about how, yeah. oh, <laughs> right now. Yeah, so you have basically like three years of team, four years. Obviously, the first year is probably a wash. I mean, I take a chance on that. He's talented. Third round, hell yeah, I take a chance on that. It depends. Obviously, I'm not a doctor. Depends how the medicals come back. But when we'll see with the quarterback. We could we could save this conversation for the off season. Let's, yeah. let's get into this game. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I guess. But overall, back to the main premise of the question. Yes, Jared Goff has played really well. He's going to be the quarterback going forward, and. I think overall, relating back to your Ben Johnson question, I think there's still confidence with golf, and I think the system is there, so I think he could succeed. Yeah, so I feel too. I think they'll, they'll promote from within, but like Tyler said, though, I'm not willing to compete long term. I want to see, like I said on earlier, I want to see like a little more next year, and if he does it next year, I, I don't think you, you, you could let him walk if, if he does amazing next year either. I think you have to pay him. Yeah. Yeah, I think next year's really. I, I thought it was going to be this year. But I think next year's truly the the year where you have to decide if golf is your future or not. And, and they might pay in this off season. Who knows? Because his cap hit is high. They might give him like a slight extension or something. We'll see. Potentially, yeah. I, I would expect to see a five year deal with golf this off season. Like you're not going to get that. Maybe you get a little extra bonuses. Maybe you guarantee him some more money. But like a Derek Carr deal, kind of. Like you can move on. You give them some guaranteed money. You give him some nice. Give him a nice little little raise. Lower his cap hit a little, and then see what happens. That's possible. Something like that. Yeah, I could definitely see that. But I'm saying like as far as getting that four year, five year extension that we've been seeing the NFL quarterbacks being handed no. like the last offseason, I wouldn't expect that with the off this year. No, I mean, we'll see, though. Yeah. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, back to this game offensively. There's just not really much to say about it because they just really took care of business. Everything was clicking, and this has been the good recipe from the Lions. They played a very bad defense, and they took advantage of it. Offensive line dominated run game, dominated, saw Bolchamal Williams, saw Swift get involved. They played really well. You guys mentioned it. Ten different receivers caught the ball on Sunday. Like, what else do you really want us to talk about this offense in this game? They took care of business. They gave an ass whooping to the Bears. There's not really much to say. You know, you know what? There, there was some something really good. Give to, me something. To I don't want to game. say. You know, and something. You know, as crazy as it sounds, because we talked about this a couple episodes ago about Jameson Williams and his touches. Now here we go. We just, that's, that's a good question. We were. And we were talking about it. It was just like, you know what? We're not asking for an increase in his workload. We just want some Jameson Williams, well, Jameson Williams plays. Plays where he's, that they draw for him, and he touches the ball. Guess what we saw? Guess what we saw that? Guess what we saw against the Bears? We saw a J-Mo play. We saw a play that was made for J-Mo, which was that end around. Does that make you guys content? Yeah. That made me so happy. That was that was an exciting play. It, he, you saw there's a, that they actually tried to get him the ball a few times before that, but man, that end around was special. Man, even though, even though he didn't break out for a, a whole touchdown, he, he got 40 yards pretty goddamn quick. <laughs> so I mean, that, that was a special as well. So anytime the ball is in Jabo's hands, is is a special moment. So I, I'm I'm happy for that, man. Yeah, uh, he was the seventh fastest uh, time like player. Seventh, I think 20, 20.32 miles per hour or something like that on that play. 
So, I mean, he has speed. But yeah. the thing is, with JMO, man, Jared Goff and JMO's is still a work in progress through chemistry. Right now, it's not there. Uh, I don't think Goff is used to that speed yet because JMO was running and Goff threw it behind him on that slant. If he hits that slant, JMO maybe could have been gone, right? Like, it's, and I maybe JMO maybe sometimes needs to, like, you know, just a little bit slow it down, maybe sometimes. I don't know. They just have to, like, work it together. It just takes time. Like, they haven't really played together that much. Um, and you can see sometimes JMO's frustrated. But he's a young player. He'll learn and hopefully Goff and him develop that chemistry. But I would say maybe not – don't count on it like right now. Maybe more in the offseason when they get together and all that. And next year we'll see more of that. Yeah. It's a work in progress. I mean, we saw I, it with Chark too. It took yeah, a minute. I said this last yeah. week in our episode after the the Panthers game. I, I'm not worried about Jameson Williams one bit. And I Absolutely. thought you guys, I thought you guys had a good argument saying like, yeah, maybe get a quick play, just get him involved in some way. And there you go. You got him involved this week. You got him. You, you got him play. So I, I mean, hope you guys are. Happy. I'm content with it. I like it. That's all. I'm not. I didn't expect anything. Really, I think out of him this year. There was a possibility I thought he might not even play. So even that he's playing right now, I even get to see him right now. That's good enough for me. It really is good enough for me because I didn't even really expect to see him this year at all. But that, doesn't it feel a little different when the ball is in his hand? Absolutely. Absolutely it's different. Electrifying. Right? fine. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, it, I, I just hate when people are bitching. It's like, oh, Jameson Williams, why is he not getting more snaps? Why is he not getting more involved? Like, that's what's pissing me off. I'm like, guys, uh, there's just no need for it right now. He's not yeah. He's not counted to the offense right now. They have guys that have been working with golf all year. It's gonna it's gonna be a work in progress, and it's not gonna happen this year. And it wasn't really gonna ever happen this year with the whole injury. I mean, it's it still could happen. Like, I, but I wouldn't bank on it. Like, I mean, last yesterday's game, like that slam was thrown clearly behind him. Um, but I'll say this: Ben Johnson moved him around. He was on the outside. He was in the slot. Uh, they they tried. They didn't just run deep post with him. They ran some slants with him, some short crossers. They did a lot of stuff with him. So. Obviously, Jameson Williams now is also getting more comfortable and his, his feet are more wet now and end around, right? They told him to do like a lot of different things and he, he did them all. Oh, he's going to be he real comfortable next year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. That's it. I can't wait, man. I mean, next year, that's that's oh, when man. the real expectations really come in for me with Jameson Williams. That's when I'm going to really expect things out of him. I'm going to expect him to take over the number one receiving spot as far as an outside receiver. That's when those expectations come in. What happened this year? This is just a cherry on top. Add the whipped cream. Like that. That's all it is right now for me. This year is just extra because like I just said a minute ago, I didn't really even expect to see him at all this year. And if it was, it was going to be something like this. I didn't really expect too much out of him. So anything I see with him, just him getting the ball, it's extra credit right now. I, I'm, next year's my real expectations when I start setting for JMO. Yeah. And, like, also shout out to the O-line. I know we played a weak defensive line, but, man, they, they've been struggling a little in the run game, and they just fucking dominated. They were moving guys like five, six yards down the field. <laughs> It was so fun to watch. I love watching pure dominance with the O line man. Like, you yeah, you have this D line, poor poor guys, right? They're just getting kicked back and back and back. Yeah. It's 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 really fun to watch. I love watching trench play when it, when it's good. When it's bad, it's not fun. But when it's good, it's really fun. It yeah. was like, you know how Alabama plays like these okay college teams. They just destroy them in the running game. That's how it was yesterday, man. They were they were moving them back. It was fun to watch. I think it was fun, too, to watch Swift have a, a nice bounce-back game. 11 carries, yes. 78 yards, 7.1 average on the receiving game. Four receptions, 39 yards, 
one touchdown. Had one touchdown each, one in the rushing department, one in the receiving department. And that was beginning of the year swift that we were seeing versus the commanders, versus the Eagles. And you saw a little glimpse of that in this game versus the Bears. He wasn't making mistakes. He was he was uh he was making the right cuts, making the right plays, wasn't running to defenders, wasn't thinking. Looks like he was actually playing instead of thinking. Normally, you know how we see him think in the backfield. He's once he's hold, he was just running. He sees an opening, he cuts and takes it. It was nice to see Swift. It looks like maybe now he's mentally right. That's how he looked like yesterday. Hopefully, he continues that uh, next week against the Packers. Yeah, I th- yeah, man. I think it's going to be interesting going into this last game because we didn't see Justin Jackson this game, and they had Reynolds activated, but he didn't get a single carry all game. I think it's going to be interesting now that. We're approaching week 18, big game versus the Packers, and we might potentially be playing in the playoffs too, so there might be some extra games. Are they going to go back to this two-running back system that they had in the beginning of the year, or are they going to continue with this three-running back system that they've been kind of doing over the last month and a half with Jackson now more involved? What's your guys' thoughts on that? I think just stick with the two-back system because they were both like feeling it. You know, when you have three guys, four guys in there, like you get three carries, you get three – it's hard to get rhythm. It's hard to get going, right? So stick with the two guys. If those two guys struggle, bring the third guy in. That's personally what I would do. Malcolm, I, I don't know what you would do. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I talked about the last time as far as um, getting a rhythm. And I think that was the biggest the biggest issue on why the running game wasn't going in the past few weeks. But, you know, now with this game, you saw it was just um, – they started using two running backs – the amount of you know the amount of production they were getting from those two guys, and I know Jamal Williams. I mean, DeAndre Swift. I know he had a big game, but Jamal Williams, man, he he looked like a true number one bell cow back back there, man. Um, you know, he had twenty two carries, 100, 144 yards, and a touchdown. So Jamal Williams himself is looking like a, a beast back there. So I, I like the whole two back system, and if they want to distribute the carries like that, I mean, I'm I'm down with it. So do you guys want to see that next week versus the Packers? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I want to see. It works. I mean, it, it worked. Why, why change it? Yeah, fair. I mean, it wasn't a great opponent. You're going to have a – I mean, the Packers are not great to stop the run. We'll get into that next week. But, um, yeah, I agree. I think this was a good system. It got Swift more involved. And we see when Swift starts getting more carries, more snaps – you know, he starts getting that swagger. And that's just with the running backs in general. And we saw that swagger in this game. And Swift looked good. And that was encouraging to see. So, if you want to pull this big game versus Green Bay, you need your best players on the field. And we know the impact that Swift can make on the field when he's playing at a high level. And that could be a true X factor in the game if he's playing at the DeAndre Swift that he could be. So, Getting him more involved, I think you bring out everything that you have in this game versus the Packers, and that, that, that has to do with DeAndre Swift and getting him involved. When you look at his talent, he's arguably the most talented player on the Lions roster. Just talent alone. He is so talented. It's just with him, it was like the mental stuff, the the, the vision stuff, right? Maybe getting past the injuries. But when healthy and he's right, he is one of the most talented players on this roster. Arguably the most talented. I mean, you can make arguments for a lot of guys, but for a few guys, he's he's up there. He's like a top five talent on this team just based on talent alone. I don't, yeah. I don't think you guys could argue against that. No, I don't, no, I don't really have much to scream at. I do want to point something out, though. Um, something, uh, a fun fact. Um, not about this game or anything, but did you guys know that Jamal Williams, he's, how, how close he is to 1,000 yards? You guys I have not looked, know? honestly. I have not have seen that. So, Jamal Williams, I mean, he's only six yards away for a thousand rushing yards. So, he's going to do it. He's going to do it, yeah. 
100 percent nah. gonna do it unless he folds or yeah. something happens to him. The next game, yeah, hundred percent he's gonna do it. So uh, looks like Detroit gonna have another thousand yard rusher in Detroit. That's that's what's up, man. Obviously, you know it's it's an extra game added, but like I mean, still as a number two back to do what he's done, and he's obviously I think right now it's maybe more of a one A one B with him and Swift. Yeah, more one A right now. Yeah, what he's been able to do though, it's pretty impressive, man. Um, Absolutely. So shout out to Jamal Williams. I didn't know he had. I mean, he's shown it now a few times this year. He had that kind of like breakaway, like not home run hit, but he gets faster as he's running. Kind of. I, I don't know. He had that, and then so it's going to be interesting. That's a quick, let's see. It's going to be interesting question the offseason because he's going to be a free agent. We're not going to talk about it right now, but like, is, is this a guy you bring back or not? But yeah, they're going to bring him back. I think no matter he's, what, he's, he's played some really good football here for us for sure. All right, he's going to be back. We talked about the offense. We got a little time left in the show. Let's talk about this defense and let's get into the positives. And we got one negative, I guess, topic you could say about this defense. Let's start with the positive. Let's start about this defensive line and what they were able to accomplish in this football game. Six sacks and that brother, James Houston, he's a problem. That's his nickname, the problem. He is a problem, man. Eight sacks in his young NFL career. And this was probably his first career start. And he's at eight sacks. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Tyler, um, I was like in the warm-ups, I kept saying the problem, the problem, right? And I think you heard me, but he kept ignoring me. But you just saw it like he has that sense of urgency to him. Just his band, like you swing him up close. It's warm-ups, but bro, he looks so fast and so bendy. I don't it's hard to explain it, but just I've never seen a player bend like that in a Lions jersey, bro. I really hate he goes so low and then he knows how to tackle. A lot of these guys like were beating their guys, but they couldn't get this guy is finishing. He's a sixth round pick. He has a, he's our best pure pass rusher. I think Malcolm said it yesterday. He texted to him. He's like, I think uh, James, James Houston is the best pure pass rusher and Aiden Hutch is the best overall edge player. And I agree with that. James Houston, AG compared him to Yannick. Bro, I think he'd be better than Yannick here. He has eight sacks in seven games. That's unheard of for a sixth round rookie. Out of an nah, HBCU, yeah, he's not like Yannick. No, nah, he's not like Yannick. No, nah. out of an HBCU school, sixth round pick, who actually was cut, was signed to the practice squad. Thank God, no one took him away. And they're like, then it seems like he was ready to play. And I mean, he's been out there ever since. Just been making plays every time his number is called, he makes a play. Yeah, he's gotten better, man. Like you didn't see this in the preseason. I understood why they cut him, and he he didn't make my final three fifty-three man prediction. We do that those episodes, so. Uh, he really grew as a player throughout that time on the practice squad. And then when his number got called, has fully just ran away with it and has looked like a true NFL player, a true pass rusher. And he is arguably – was he the he best is. pass rusher we've ever seen in a Lions uniform as far as getting to the quarterback? I know Ziggy Yonsa was great. Ziggy Yonsa was really yeah, good. Number, 90, number 90 was great from the interior too. Sue was one of the Same as the edge player. Same just as the edge player. Oh, edge? Yeah. I know Ziggy was great, but like James Houston, this is – I mean, <laughs> he's really good, dude. He gets in that backfield every time he gets his number called. I'm I mean, trying to think, man. I'm yeah. trying to think, bro. I'm trying to think, man. You might be on to something. I mean, like, it's Van Patrick. We, we did have Cliff, Cliff Averill. He's yeah, pretty good. good. Van Den Bosch. Like, we've had some solid edge rushers, but, like, I've never seen a guy get in the backfield with the, the limited snaps that he's gotten 
and make plays too. Like he forced a fumble oh, no. too. Oh no, what he's doing right now is something special right this now. Is right? Uncalled for. This is something you probably don't even see around the league. Yeah, it's unheard not, of. Not just yeah. Detroit. Yeah. Um yo, like there'll be a different level of sickness, like of me being sick. If we would have let somebody grab him, like say for example the Bears and you saw this. From our squad, yeah. and if we saw this, like I would like throw up every single Sunday, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Every single Sunday I'll throw up. Um, but yeah, man, they had him in the practice squad. Thank God, like you said, nobody picked him up. But yeah, man, this guy's a star. He's a star. <laughs> he and this is like a this is a hit. This is not like oh yeah, we got a a a, 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 a key like a a guy that's gonna contribute. No, this is a star right here. You have a star right now in James Houston. I won't talk about the whole team itself, man. You know how many pressures we got as a team? What's the number in oh, this wow. game? Was it like 27 or something? <laughs> 32. 32. 32 total pressures this game. I mean, I, I could read something off for you real fast. Hutch, seven pressures in a sack. Well, PFF doesn't count half sacks, right? So Kaminsky, four pressures in a sack. Pascal, four pressures, two sacks. Bucks, four pressures. James Houston's three pressures, three sacks. Um, and then where does this other one go? Damn it. Regardless, it's a lot. Of I sack. found it right here. I found <laughs> a lot it. Of pressure. No, I found it. Aiden Hutchinson, Josh Pascal, James Houston, all rookies combined for 11 tackles, five and a half sacks, four tackles for a loss, five quarterback hits, an interception, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, and a pass breakup. Yeah. Three defensive linemen that are rookies yeah. combined so, for that. So, so let me get this straight. So. <laughs> Justin Fields threw the ball 21 times. <laughs> we got 32 total pressures. That means every single drop back, he was getting pressured by multiple people. Yeah. Every single drop back he did. He only dropped back 21 times. But we have 32 total pressures. Yeah, well, you had other players committing pressures on him. Like, you had probably like two, three guys committing pressure on the same play. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. As I say, he, as I say every single play, every time, every single drop back he did. He'd get pressured yeah. by multiple guys. Yeah, it seemed like it. If it wasn't, if it, <laughs> it might not have been every snap, but it seemed like it. That's tough. That's some tough. That's tough. Yeah. And I, I like that we mentioned Houston. I like that we mentioned Hutchinson. We always mentioned Rodrigo. We mentioned these guys all the time. But like, I thought it was really nice to see the second round pick, Josh Pascal, make a big impact in this yes, game as well. And absolutely. I want to see some more games out of this because. The nice thing about Pascal, he might not have that pass rush ability like Hutchinson or Houston like we've seen out of him so far, but he's a guy who I think could really set the edge and a guy that could play both the interior and the outside. So this is another guy that's going to be really important for this football team. The foundations are trying to build on this defensive line, and we saw the first really big game, first really big impact out of him was in this game. You know, we've seen as like a, as football junkies like him have some good games like versus Dallas and Miami but as far as being flashy I think this is the first time I really saw Pascal be flashy and gets the quarterback and fans were like oh okay we may have something here with number 93 and multiple times he got there twice yep yeah, you, you like the thing is with these young guys too sometimes it takes a minute for it to click right like James Houston we said was cut practice squad then finally elevated and then signed to the active roster and then Pascal he was hurt you know he didn't really have a training camp he, they just throw him out there versus Dallas, see what he does. He showed flashes these few weeks, whatever, but he's finally, like, putting it together. It, it's development, bro. This coach he said knows how to – even Hutchinson, beginning of the year, right? So they don't always have him in the best spots. Now they know how to use his strengths. I mean, this coaching staff, they're playing to these players' strengths. They're not forcing them to do something they're not comfortable in. They're doing what they're good at. With with James Houston, it's like, hey, go go get the go get the passer. Right now, let's not worry about your run defense. We'll worry about that later. Right now, you're going in there, just rest the passer. Right, with Hutch, it's like 
new two-point stance is better for you. We're going to put you in that. Go get the quarterback. Pascal, we're going to put you on the interior, on the edge. Just get to the quarterback and set the edge. They're playing to their strengths, and it's great to see that. Like, When's the last time we've said also before this year where the Lions take advantage of We've always advantages of weaknesses. Now, yeah. We're taking advantage of the- take, We talk about this like every week now. We're like, oh, they exposed this. They exposed that. They yeah. did this. They did that. And literally, there's stuff we say on the podcast. They're starting to do it with Patricia's like, dude, like maybe target the score. Yeah, no, no need to mention that. And they yeah. wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? So <laughs> they, they wouldn't attack this. The, the Lions literally scheme. If there's a shitty offensive line, they'll put their pass rusher there and they'll keep doing it until you stop it. And yesterday, actually, James Houston got doubled. When he got doubled, Hutch made the play. That, that was nice to see, right? Like you want to double one guy, another guy will step up. And yeah. wait till they have that force in the interior. This D line could be elite. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah, they, they they have guys right now, man, and they're all young. The only guy that's kind of old is Kaminsky yeah. and Romeo. Bugs and Bugs, and they're not even that old, right? Yeah, like, Bugs is in this yeah, fourth, Bugs. fifth year. He's twenty six, I think. Twenty seven. Man, that's gonna next year's gonna be really, the, really, really hard. The competition's man, gonna as, be rough. <laughs> the competition's gonna be really tough, and shit, there might be some players who are good may not be on this team. Yeah, it's a good situation to have. Yep. Good situation. Good situation to have. Good, really, really good situation. Yeah, always could trade those guys. Yeah, always can. Yeah, we we shall see what we do in the offseason. But we talk about this defensive line. It's great. Okay. Uh, okay. You 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 ready for the next topic? I already know what you're gonna say, man. <laughs> we gotta talk about Jeffrey Jeffrey Akuda. <laughs> this was uh, it's been an interesting stretch for Jeff. You know, the, the staff looks like they haven't been trusting him the same as they were early in the year. Was benched in that Panthers game last week. Got a couple series off in this game. And Mike Hughes ended up taking more snaps than him on the outside than Jeff Akuda. And you even saw at one point Akuda playing special teams and was the, the gunner. So, overall, how, how are we feeling about Jeff Akuda at corner right now? Um, yeah, go ahead, Pierre. Is that what I you want to see? Obviously, like right now, maybe the coach says have a choice. He only played thirty one percent of the snaps, I believe, on defense, which is not a lot. Um, I don't know if they're maybe trying to work him back slowly, gain his confidence back. Like this is a guy who came from a ruptured Achilles. He's been through a lot, mentally and physically. Um, maybe he's just not right mentally. I don't know. But when he was in there, it wasn't like he was getting beat left and right. Right? He he was he was okay. It wasn't so, great. We'll the first series wasn't great. I mean, that first series, I don't think anyone was great, honestly. That that was bad. They Justin Fields like marched down was eighty three yards or something on that drive. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was bad. After that, like, all right, let's settle down a little and they did, but um I, I don't know what it is with them. Campbell didn't mention that they, they still like him a lot, but he said that about Amani and then Amani got benched. So like we'll see what they do uh versus with Green Bay. Amani played. He played. He played some. Um, he had some good snaps. He did. Um, Amani yeah. played yesterday, and it looks like he, he's he, also, had, he, he had, looked good. He, he didn't look bad. He had fourteen. He had fourteen snaps. Yeah, he Jeff looked had, solid in those seventeen. Too. I honestly think that they they did. I I like what they're doing with Jeff Okuda right now, because now what they're doing with Jeff Okuda, I think they're saying, look, if you want your starting rollback, you gotta earn it. You gotta earn it. Yeah. And the thing is, right now with Jeff, if you know, they, they're seeing a guy who's playing better coverage than him. They're seeing Mike Hughes. 
And they're saying, like, look, you know, if Mike Hughes is going to be a better cover guy than Jeff, than our number one corner, Jeff Fakuda, we're going to we're gonna sub him in and we're going to, you know, bench Jeff Fakuda on some plays, you know. So Mike Hughes is earning his reps. Mike Hughes is playing well for them and he's earning his reps. That's like yeah. Campbell saying. Mike Hughes played well and he's earning his reps. So Jeff Fakuda got to either – he got to do either two things. I think the, the staff and Jeff got to figure out two things. Either one – Jeff is either either figure this shit out, be that starting corner for this team, or he, they have to do a position change because it's not rockets. They see what we see. They know he's a phenomenal tackler in the open field. They they know he's a, if you put him in put him in a box, he's gonna he's gonna improve your run defense. Now, are they gonna make that transition to make him to, to safety? Now, can he do that? I mean, I think they're just just stalling it. They're stalling the they're stalling the inevitable, you know. I think it's gonna happen, but it's like they're stalling it. Just make the switch. You did it with Effie. Yeah, I mean, I I think I it's I, I think it's on the table right now. I really do. It is because he's not playing good at corner. You have still one more year of control of Jeff Okuda, and with the talent that we've seen him. Being able to be as a tackle, like Malcolm said, I don't think you should just let go of him for nothing. I think you should keep him in here or at least let him compete. And maybe, yeah, let's switch the position and see what he could do. Maybe he could be an elite safety. We see the skills maybe. that he could be I there. Think he is. Yeah. I think he could be. Yeah, look at this way. His best game. When was his, what was his best game this season? The Cowboys uh, game. The Minnesota game and the Dallas game. The earlier, I'll, the first Minnesota I'll, I'll game. Say, I'll, I'll, I'll scratch out. I'll say the best game and he the had. Game. We'll, we'll, shut down game uh, Devontae Smith. He shut down Devontae Smith I'll, as well. He just didn't get targeted too much. But like I said, his best game came from when he had like 13 tackles. Yeah. What game was that? Dallas. It was Dallas, Dallas. where they put him in the box. Dallas. He was like a That was his best game. Safety. That was his best game. Uh, I mean, I, I, I get it if he's, he's shadowing guys and they're not throwing the ball. That That's cool and all. But when they're throwing the ball – it doesn't look yeah. good. It's his best game coming from when he's when he had his best tackling game. Mm-hmm. Day. I mean that he played like a safety. They just gotta they gotta make the move, man. I, I get it right now. I don't, I don't even think they, they should start it because they have pieces. They have people to play corner. Do they? Yeah, Mike Hughes. Mike Hughes is taking his reps right now. I'm saying like long term though, they, they don't really have nothing at corner. We could address that. Long term, no, but you, you, you gotta you gotta address it. Because right They're now, you, it, it's, sure. like you gotta say to yourself, you gotta sit down, you gotta be honest with yourself. We have a full year evaluation of Jeff Akuda. You know, we we have the evaluation this year. Is he gonna be your shutdown? Your your number one? You could trust on the island by himself corner. Ma- Malcolm, can you trust Ma- Malcolm, him? I, on the I don't even know. If, like like take that out of the like take out CB one of the conclusion. I don't even know. I think we could upgrade the, just the starting outside cornerback in, in general. I just don't. I don't know if he's a great starter right now. That's what I'm saying. Like, do you trust him on the island yeah. with anybody? Yeah. Wide receiver two or wide receiver one, do you trust him on the island by himself? I don't no help on the think top? Jeff wants to change his position. I think he, think he thinks he's a corner, too. I don't think, like, I mean, they already have, like, all these safeties, right? Like, if, if you don't view him as corner, then maybe trade him away or something. I, I don't think, like. That might be the situation. Because you have Tracy Walker coming back, you have Kirby Joseph, you have Fatu Melifon, you have a lot invested into these safeties right now, and you're probably going to add another safety maybe in the offseason. Safety, I think it's going to be more like a safety nickel type of player. Um, I don't know. Because they do need a nickel corner also. They don't have a nickel corner as well. Like, they don't have a starting nickel. And I think we say this a lot, too, when this regime came in. 
This is not their guy at the end of the day either. So there's really not a commitment where obviously you want to make it work because he's a talented brother, but is this something you want to commit to? He's not your problem. You know, this was the last regime's guy. So there isn't that commitment where you have to necessarily fix him, if that makes sense. And that fifth year option, I think it's, it's going to be a lot because he was like a top three pick as well. So mm-hmm. I don't know exactly so, how much. So, but right, so right, I mean, look at it right now. So what are he do? When do they decide about fifth year option next year? This off season. This off season. This is his fourth. He's going to be entering his fourth year, right? Yeah, he's entering his fourth. Do you even give after after this? Do you even give him his fifth year option? It is. Don't they do it this off season time? Yeah, it's this off season. Yeah, they're going to have to decide this off season. Uh, we'll see. I don't. I don't think they'll. We'll talk about that in the off season. I think right now. We'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but yeah, it's a good question. It is a good question if they even gets handed the the fifth year option at this point. That's but tough, like man. he's a talented player. He just like the thing is with him though, he's been through a lot. First year was injury, second year ruptured Achilles, and we we talked about how hard it is to come back from those. And he showed flashes in the first few games, and then he had a concussion, and then he was sick. And ever since he was sick, he just hasn't looked the same. I, the thing is, um, why I would love to say I would give him credit for those first couple weeks, he just wasn't getting targeted. And you could give him credit why maybe he was like playing good coverage. That's why they weren't targeting. But like, well, when you get targeted, that's that's why. Because like, when he does get targeted, I don't see that. I, like, so I don't understand why teams don't target him. They target him now. Now they are, but, but, but I'm saying early in the year. The tape, that was, the tape is out there. Because because the thing is, he had the sticky coverage. It was there. But when the ball is in the air, he loses it. He doesn't know where the hell the ball is. Mm-hmm. That's his problem. That's why that, that's, that's, that's the issue. So, yeah, he could be, he could cover for, you know, but then, especially if we got a help over the top. If you play uh, press man and you have help on the top, you can be as aggressive as you want to be. That's why you're throwing people on the ground. You can, he can be as, as aggressive as you want to be because you're not going to get beat deep because you have help over the top. So it's, it's a little bit different, especially the guy who's being double teamed. So he wasn't going to get targeted much anyways. But now when you rely on him, all right, we need you to – you're on an island. You're by yourself just like everybody else. Jerry Jenkins on the other side, the same island as you. We need you to you know not make a big play happen. And you just don't have that trust from Jeff. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked this week if they go back to him in the starting lineup and he he plays. We'll see what they do. The Lions have done that a little. They bench guys like Deshaun Elliott. He was benched. Then he came back. He was a different player. So, if they do that, yeah, if they do that and he earned it, I'm perfectly fine with it. Yeah, yeah. He has I'm to good. I'm perfectly, sure. He has to earn it, man. He has to, you can't put him back out there and then – if if Eric Good decided to call a cover zero, you can't you, you lose trust. I, I better that, not see a cover zero versus Aaron Rodgers. He he will destroy you if there's a cover zero. I will be mad. I mean, we'll talk about that in the preview. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about the Packers yeah, 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 I mean, right now and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, not Rodgers, Aaron makes you, Rodgers makes you pay for that. There, 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 there's some quarterbacks you can't that they're really good on the blitz. You can't blitz them. Okay, he's, so he's Aaron one Rodgers is one of those guys. But um, I'm just saying in general. If you leave your corner on island, you got to have some type of faith that he's not going to give up a big play. And I, right now, I don't think they have that trust in Jeff Cooter right now. Yeah. No. And we've obviously seen that. And the only way that he's going to earn that trust is through practice. And that's something obviously we don't have access to. And that's only for the staff to judge. And we will see what they end up doing on Sunday versus the Packers because that will be a big test if it's going to be Hughes or if it's going to be Kudo or even maybe Amani. I mean, yeah. And Rodgers, he's – he, he's good at targeting corners that – I mean, he'll keep targeting you until you, you make a stop. Absolutely. So we've seen it. big game. We've seen it too. Like if an injury happens, he's one of the best to target that guy until <laughs> until they're ready to figure it out and stop him. 
That's a yeah, Roger special. So, yeah, so you got to um, – we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, let's do Oopsie Doopsie Ball of the Week and let's head out of here. Yeah. All right. Play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. Oopsie doopsie of the week. I'm no, there's no one on the lines that deserves this. Everyone played a, a good game, so th- there's really no one I can hand this to. So let's just give it to the Bears, right? The whole Bears in general. The, the Bears were awful offensively, defensively. They look like they quit in the middle of the game. They look like they didn't want to be there anymore, especially in that second half. They were only down two possessions. They made it seem like they were down six possessions in that game. So the Bears for effort. No, you are the oopsie doopsie. Of the, you are the oopsie doopsie of the week. You don't come into a new year like that. Chicago Bears oopsie doopsie of the week. Yeah. If, if there was a Bears fan here, they would say that they were tanking. No, they did it on okay. purpose. No. Well. <laughs> oopsie doopsie. This doesn't change my mind. Pierre Baller of the week, man. Who do you have? All right, this was tough, but I'm going to have to give it to the rookie sixth-round pick, James Houston. He, he was a force out there. It looks like he, it looked like he was the best player on the field. He really was, in my opinion, yesterday. I mean, it's, we talked about it. Three pressures, three sacks. Um, he was getting doubled. When he was getting doubled, other guys were making plays. So he had a, he had a big impact in this game, James Houston. He's the problem. He's a problem. I like it. Defensive coordinators are – you know he said, who the hell you circle on this team? Well, you have two players on the D-line you freaking circle. Hutch and Houston. You circle, circle those guys. D-line. Might have circled the whole D-line. Yeah, Lee McNeil, Isaiah Bugs. I mean, bro, <laughs> I can't go all day talking about like this D-line, what they did yesterday. John Kaminsky, oh, Pascal. But I'm saying like guys that actually scare you, like when you're on third down and you want to circle someone. Yeah, Romeo Cora, they all scare me. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, not that. I forgot about Romeo too. I mean, bro, it's just yeah. – they're loaded right now on the D line. Edge rusher, at edge rusher. At least yeah. the interior is, it. you know, a little like we'll see. But edge, edge is, it's just maybe set for the future. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yo, I think the the, big, the special thing about um, James Houston. Have you guys watched that play when he got that that, that strip sack? Not a strip sack. It was a that we got that, that fumble. We called that fumble on um on fields. The, on yeah. Field. You, have you guys went back and watched like the, that whole play? Yeah. Yeah. He punched double team. He was being double teamed. Oh, yeah. He was being double teamed by two tight ends. And he pretty much worked his way around. And it was effort. That, that play, it was nothing but pure effort. Worked his way around, chased down Justin Fields, and caused the, you know, stripped yeah, him. Fields was shook. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's an effort guy. He's a guy that has a high motor. High motor. And, and he just, he, like you said, his bend is crazy, man. He had probably one of the best bends in the NFL that I've seen. He's a, the thing is that he's a rookie. So to say that is, is, is he's crazy. just getting started. Like imagine just how getting good he'd be in like a couple years when he learns move moves and you know learns the NFL game better, learns how to counter these offensive linemen. He's just getting started. The, the craziest. I think he already knows how to counter these offensive linemen. Know, he, I mean, like, he has offensive linemen. He, he has them confused because they don't know which move is coming. That that's the thing right now. They don't know which move is coming at them. And, and, yeah. and the crazy thing is too. You mentioned the strip fumble uh, that he caused. That might not even been his best effort play all game. The one that he had where he was in coverage, comes back in the backfield, sacks Justin oh, Fields. Yeah. That was even maybe you can make an argument even more impressive. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was – I'm not uh, – th- that play, was he – did he did just drop back in coverage back, or was he a smart – Drop back. I know he dropped back. Yeah. Okay, so he was just dropped back in coverage and then he just shot – And then he shot and got Fields, yep. 
Yeah, he, he came in there fast, so he came in like a speeding missile. Yeah. I I do want to mention another. We didn't really talk about this, but Hutch has three sacks as a defensive lineman. I mean, three interceptions as a defensive lineman. <laughs> that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. When he first had three sacks, I was like, oh, he should have. No, two three sacks. interceptions. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, bro. I don't. We, we got. Man, shout out to Brad Holmes. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. 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 Last topic. Not even a topic. Just very quickly. Just give me a yes or no because we're a little over. Just give me a yes or no. Is John Kaminsky the best free agent that Brad Holmes brought this offseason? I think he is. John hmm. Kaminsky the best. Was he, a, was he a waiver pickup? He wasn't even a free agent. They picked him up on no, waivers. They brought him in camp. He was there in the 90 man. I know, but like he was he was released. They Okay. I mean, I guess he's the best acquisition in the offseason. That's between him and Elliot. And Chark, I'd say too. When Chark's been healthy, he's been good. Oh, DJ DJ Shark, Chark band has also been balling. Bugs too. has been Bugs. good too, but I think Kaminsky's been the best. Oh, Bugs. I think I think the the most consistent you could say. Kaminsky. Yeah, he's even doing it with one hand. He has one hand in the club. He's still making plays. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's that's the guy. Also, I mean, like at some point, you can't pay everyone. So we'll but see. I, I think he's been the best free agent or just best accusation from the offseason. I think it's been John Kaminsky. Like he's other the than the draft. Yeah. I think he's been the most consistent. Talent wise, I mean, it's hard to say talent wise because DJ Shark. I I'm mean, just saying. Lately, lately he's been One handed catch was really nice, man. Yeah, he's he's really coming to his own, man. Yeah, I was, I was just thinking about it earlier today. I'm like, who's been the best like free agent pickup this offseason? Not going the draft. I think it's been Kaminsky. It's it's between Bugs, Kamish, and Delia. And if you want to make an argument for either one, I think you could. It's I won't like. I won't argue with it, honestly. All three of them have been great. But I think Kaminsky has been maybe just better because he provides that interior pastures that you're hoping you would have with Levi. And when he got hurt, he kind of is like playing that Levi role for you. And he could also uh, play the edge as well. He's a versatile player. So I would say right now, Tyler, I think I agree with you. I think it's probably Kaminsky. Yeah. All right. That's all. I just want to add that in there just because, I mean – that's a guy that no one had anybody expectations for in the preseason and then just came out of nowhere. And the kicker, to be honest. Midseason acquisition with the kicker. I mean, he's... Yeah, Badger's been solid. He's... Yeah. He, for, like, where you, when you picked him up, he's been good. Yeah. Better than Cyber. Knuckles laughing. laughing. He's like, fuck, what are you guys saying? Shut up. <laughs> I'm laughing because this, this kick is a week-to-week thing. Yeah. I mean, I, it looks a couple nice. weeks ago we would just say we would just say we got to draft it. We got to get we got to find a replacement. I still think they're bringing a kicker in the offseason. Just going to compete with Badgley. Like, yeah, he's been solid. I think yeah. they bring yeah. something to compete. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's it's been pretty good. Yeah. I'm okay with him. He I mean, hasn't really kicked from deep. He makes some, makes some, miss some. This is what it is, man. He's not like an elite kicker. He's not like Justin Tucker, Prater. He's not a trash Justin kicker Tucker. either, which is nice. I mean, we we've had trash kickers. He's average yeah, kicker. I think yeah, he's average trash above average. <laughs> yeah, we just can't have the um those announcers jinx him. That's when he fucks yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, we're way over our time. I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode of us breaking down the Bears or talk about the Bears game and also had some other topics mixed in there. We will be back later this week with a preview of the Green Bay Packers, the big matchup that we've been all waiting for, obviously. Week 18, potentially playoff game, setting up for a playoff spot. We'll talk about that later in the week. Hope you guys all enjoyed and leave those five stars review. 
I'm out, guys. Peace. All right, guys. Uh, Matt, big games coming up this week. Can't wait to cover it. I'll see you guys later. I think whatever happens, happens, man. Let's go. I'm out. Peace. All right, y'all. It's your boy Malcolm, and I am out. Peace. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.